for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you, listen. TNT. Okay, it is Thursday, the 21st of December, 2023. Oh, my goodness. What is it? Four more days to go. Four more sleeps to Christmas. Uh, that's great if you're expecting lots of gifts and a lot of peace and quiet. Uh, it might be four more sleeps until hell on earth and no presents for some of you out there. But you know what? Let's just take life one day at a time because you know what? Without trying to be a fatalist doom monger, we mightn't even make it to Christmas. None of us. They may press the buttons on Christmas Eve, those little red buttons that they have in their offices, and things could start flying through the sky, and there could be mushroom clouds everywhere and ash falling down. But yeah, how's that for a nice cheery start to the show? Anything's possible in this clown world in which we inhabit, and we here on the good ship TNT are just simply trying to navigate you good folk through the turbulent waters of life and hopefully make it to the other side, wherever that other side may be. So it's going to be literally an action-packed show here today. Gemma and Natalie are going to be diving in in just a minute. In the second hour for Locked and Loaded, I have not one but two guests. I'm going to be joined, and three actually, uh, including our dear colleague Gemma. Uh, I'm going to be joined by Basil Valentine, who is a, a, a chat favourite. He's going to be hopping on to talk to me at 20 past 10. And then at 20 to 11, I have another guest who's going to be beaming in from Korea, uh, Ryan Dawson, who is uh, running an independent media outlet out there called the ANC Report. So plenty to get through here today. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping, if you don't already know it. We have a live chat function because there's always people joining uh, our listenership, our listener base, viewer base also. Uh, by the day, check out our live chat on our website, which is tntradio.live. And yeah, you can do all sorts of things in there. Leave questions, comments, opinions. You can contact us with contact forms. Download the app from the App Store and the Google Play Store under your listening device of choice. And of course, this is an open line show. So from around about 20 past the hour, feel free to lift up the phone, the good old phone, uh, and give us a shout if you feel led to do so. And you can get to talk to us live on our, and guess what? The best thing about it is we won't even charge you for it. You get to talk to Natalie and I for free. There's a lot of people in the world would pay huge amounts of money to talk to us privately. Oh, it's a bargain. I mean, free, we can't do any better than free. And it's actually buy one, get one free, because it's not just me you get to talk to, but we throw Natalie in uh, also, or you get to talk to her and you throw me in also. You can look at it whatever way you want. Now, briefly, uh, I'm going to throw this one out there and then the ladies can give me their thoughts on this one. We're, we're rooting around for lunatic stories as we do. And some of them we're having to double check at the minute because we're thinking this can't quite possibly be real. But this one came out yesterday from Dundee City uh, Council. It's on the gov.uk website. Brace yourselves for this one. Brace yourselves for this one. Hello, lamp post campaign updated following public engagement. Listen to this. Earlier this year, interactive signs were installed around Dundee City with QR codes and text messages leading to the innovative Hello Lamppost platform, which shares information and quizzes with prize draws. Effectively, what members of the public are asked to do is speak to bus shelters, fences and lampposts. 
around Dundee to actually win prizes. This is not a joke. It's on the gov.uk website. Uh, Climate, Environment and Biodiversity Convener Councillor. How's that for a title? Heather Anderson said, climate change is having an impact on Dundonians. I didn't even realise that was what people were from Dundee were called Dundonians. Okay, and we want to make it easy as possible for people across the city to find out more about the challenges we face and how we might address them. So they've came up with this fantastic idea of urging members of the public to stop and talk to lampposts, bus shelters and fences. Back when I was a kid, if you did that sort of thing, uh, the men in white coats would arrive at your house, put you in a straitjacket and throw you into a padded cell uh, for further evaluation. But it's encouraged among the Dundonians of Dundee City. That is a mind-blowing story. So uh, I'm going to pause and uh, collect myself again after revealing this to you guys and see what the ladies think here on uh, TNT Radio. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hello, lamppost campaign. That's quite incredible. But also Dundonians. Did you guys know that people from Dundee City uh, were no. actually referred to as Dundonians? Were you aware of that? I've never, I've never heard that term before. So we learn something new every day. TNT mm. is educating us, Rick. Isn't it? Isn't it? Just Isn't what about it? you, yeah. uh, Gemma? Do you stop? I know uh, we like to get out and get our fresh air, uh, get away from the screens, etc. But do you ever find yourself... Uh, the urge, the overwhelming urge to stop at a bus shelter and not talk to people at the bus shelter, but talk to the bus shelter itself in the name of climate change awareness. Where do you start with that one? I mean, yeah. I'm I'm well known for, for talking to myself, but apparently that is a sign of high intelligence, allegedly. Mm. I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let you decide that one. But I mean, come on, it is just... Mm. It's clown world, isn't it? It really is. You know, would you not have thought, you know, you just would talk to a human being, um, but talking to inanimate objects. I mean, <laughs> I suppose you can tie it in with the fact that the climate agenda in itself is crazy. So let's just go full hog and make it even crazier. You know, just talk to bus shelters, inanimate objects, fences, lampposts. I mean, talk about them and us. <laughs> we can say, look, you literally are crazy now. If you believe in it, you're crazy. And if you talk to a lamppost, you're crazy. But but what is the idea, Rick? I'm a bit confused. What, how does how, how, talking okay. talking to the talking are, to the lampposts help help climate change? What, what, are, what, how how is that are, supposed to reduce the carbon? There are QR codes in this lamppost, and apparently, when you talk to the lamppost or the bus shelter, you then scan the QR code, and it will direct you through to some public information. I checked this out. Oh, it okay. says here, um, this lady, uh, and the title. Listen to this for a title. This is a this is an incredible story on so many levels. But her title is the Deputy Convener for Climate, Environment, and Biodiversity Councillor Nadia. Oh, check this out, Nadia L. Nakla. Nadia El Nakla, who sounds like a real dyed-in-the-wool Dundonian to me, said, I would urge anyone who sees these signs to give it a go. So if you see the sign, give it a go. Oh, listen to this. Listen to this. It says, any conversations that take place between you and the bus shelter are anonymous <laughs> and no personal information is recorded or held in record. Guys, this is on the dundeegov.uk website. This is legit. This is not a spoof. This is not a high-level hacking campaign. This is the level to which we have sank to like, in the United Kingdom right now. I'm sorry to report this, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, I have a feeling over my years I might have 
drunkenly spoken to a lamppost. Oh, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But sober, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not going to happen. I'm not talking to a lamppost about climate change. I'm going to draw the line, Rick. Yeah, it's insane. But anyway, I just thought I would throw that out because yesterday, you know, we were coming up with some stories uh, for the show here today. And what we'd like to try and do is make sure they're legit, make sure they're genuine. And there was one that we were going to bring. We weren't 100% sure about it. So therefore, we didn't do it. But I had to double, double check this one last night and actually went on to dundeecity.gov.uk. This is a legitimate story. Uh, Maybe uh, you guys can search for it and see it for yourself if you want to put yourself through that. But anyway, I just thought I would throw that out there to highlight the, the, the... the next step of insanity talking to a lamppost but rest assured anything you say to that lamppost will remain between you and the lamppost and it will not be recorded or used against you in a court of law it's not it's not far is it before we get demolition man before the lamppost starts charging you you for swearing and uh, taco bell the only thing that will be left will be taco bell or it it. might be uh aldi over here we don't know (laughs) but anyway uh Gemma, 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 we have another uh story to bring here this morning uh in two parts really i suppose and this is also to do with uh, interactions with humans and technology unfortunately that's part of our everyday lives now at least it seems to be uh this one's got to do with facial recognition uh software uh in the uk what's going on with that Well, it is interesting that, you know, that they have to make the point about, you know, anything that you say to the lamppost, let's not try and laugh too much about this, but will be anonymous because obviously there is some kind of surveillance aspect to that, which leads me into the story. And obviously it does sound like Dundee and all the Dundonians are under, you know, smart city kind of control almost already, doesn't it? Bristol, near where I live, that's a smart city and that's had bus shelter technology for quite some time, especially during the scandemic. So there are more sinister overtones, absolutely. To, to that story, all dressed up as convenience, climate change for the greater good, but, you know, just invert it. And we all know where that is heading. Mm. Similarly, this story that's come out today, it's part of um, an exclusive investigation, actually, by one one outlet here in the UK, but it applies all over the world. And, and interestingly, it links in with a story from America that happened a couple of days ago. Um, but privacy campaigners are warning that a new clause in the criminal justice bill will put all UK drivers who've got a license with a photograph on it on a permanent police lineup. They'll be saying that under a new clause that's uh, being quietly introduced into this legislation, police will be able to run facial recognition on the driver database, which contains images of 50 million drivers. Um, And if they want to put uh, an image to any CCTV image or any image they see on social media, if they want a name to that image, they will be able to just click on the database, which currently is very difficult to do. You need a really good reason to access the driver database. But under the new clause, Clause 21, under the Criminal Justice Act, they will be able to do it straight away. Um, Once the bill is enacted if with this clause, then the Home Secretary will establish driver information regulations, but they only need to ask the police. Police will say yes, and boom, you can have access to all those images. Uh, Critics, unsurprisingly, are saying this poses a huge threat to privacy, freedom of expression, non-discrimination and freedom of assembly. Interestingly, they are at the moment, as I'm sure we know, I mean, I do, I was on the anti-lockdown protest, but they are using facial recognition against databases of known people. So these are people that have either been arrested or committed a crime or have been charged and, 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 you know, had their photo taken for a police lineup. Um, But at protests, they are using facial recognition live against the database if they spot someone in the crowd and think, right, I think we might know you, they cross-reference. So they're already doing it, but this will give them absolutely greater powers. Uh, So as I say, it's Clause 21, um, and the Home Office is really pushing for this. The policing minister, Chris Phillip, 
has uh, has said um we need to push it through as quick as possible. It's a great idea. He says, we are already seeking to integrate data from the police national database, the passport office, and the EU settled database so that the police can make their jobs easier and they can access a huge database of faces at the click of a button. Sounds deeply, deeply sinister. What's more worrying for campaign groups is when there's no consultation, there's been no announcement about this. It's just one small clause in this act that if it goes through, Liberty, the campaign group, is saying it's it's widespread surveillance by the state on a massive scale and we must do everything in our power to stop it. Now, facial recognition, as I'm sure we know on this show, is fraught with danger and it doesn't um, work as well with some um, groups of society as others. And earlier this week in America, the Federal Trade Commission um, said it's banned the pharmacy chain Rite Aid from using facial recognition uh, for five years after claims its anti-shoplifting technology and software uh, couldn't correctly identify uh, black faces and those of other ethnic minorities that are basically non-white faces. Um, And it was so bad at matching uh, images to names that one customer that was in the stores was allegedly, uh, one person allegedly entered more than 130 Rite Aids from coast to coast in 900 times in less than a week because it kept matching the same person. But it wasn't the same person. It was just a black person going into different stores um, and they matched it as one person. So obviously this technology is fraught with difficulty, fraught with danger. You could find yourself in a global police lineup. You haven't ever committed anything wrong in your life. You're just, you've just got a driving license and suddenly you're in an American pharmacy 130 times in one week and they're classing you as a shoplifter. So understandably, campaigners want a, a halt on this clause. I think it's probably going to go through as it is, I have to say. Do you reckon that? Wow. Uh, it's not often I'd say something uh, is racist, but we've covered this with AI before, that uh, AI uh, struggles to pick up uh, black faces because all of the uh, programming has been done on white faces. So it's the same thing. Um, that, uh, Or maybe, maybe it's not racist. Maybe you're more likely to get away with a crime. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, you're black, who knows? Just, you know, who knows it with the new facial recognition? Uh, there's part of me when I first read the story, Gemma, uh, that actually went that it isn't a bad idea in terms of people driving. There are too many people driving without a license and without insurance. And if you ever are in an accident, it is horrific. If someone's uh, injured or killed and that person doesn't have insurance, it's heartbreaking to know that there will be uh, no justice for them. However, um, I don't think they'll be using it for that reason. I think it's for much more sinister purposes if it comes into play. I think it's basically uh, to kind of see where we're going. It will be put anywhere. Uh, It's literally going to be a surveillance uh, tactic. I don't think they're going to be using it for the reason that they say, Rick. It's just going to be another another way of seeing where we are, what we're doing. Um, And uh, at the same time, if they then want to add our cards to that, uh, rather than you know, go, go cashless society. They can tell where we are, what we're doing at any point that they want. They can, they can. And it's a huge database too, uh, Gemma, just as we're up this one up. Like if you think about the amount of driving licenses that are out there, you have to have a photograph or else you can't have a driving license. Uh, now, you know, there's extra layers of technology built into the current driving licenses, but that's a humongous database to be moving off. And of course, remember your driving license photograph, you have to be, it has to be against a plain white background. You have to be expressionless. You can't have your eyes covered with glasses. You can't have your hair hanging in front of your face. So it's the most perfect 
photograph to be using to scan people would be your driving license photograph or a passport photograph because unless it even fits within the frame that they allocate they will reject your driving license and passport so i think that's about as, as solid a database as they could go by if they start to access that which is a little bit uh disturbing so thank you Gemma for bringing that one to the table here this morning uh we'll talk again in the next hour and in the meantime natalie and i will be back after this short break so please don't go away stay tuned to the one and only tnt radio jeremy now on tnt radio being south african I'm, i know the situation and it's incredibly dire basically our farmers mostly white have been under attack for years and years and years and when i say attack i mean that physically don't i yes um since the dawn of democracy in south africa since 1994 we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day um so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year and we had a farm murder on average every fifth day um but over the last few months both those numbers have picked up murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders jeremy now on today's news talk tnt radio i wanted to alleviate my pain I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, uh, big thanks to everyone for leaving great uh, comments and messages in the live chat. Also find out that <clears throat> people from Aberdeen are referred to as Aberdonians. Uh, also mm -hmm. some uh, very derogatory terms applied to Dundee residents calling them Dunderheads or Dundee Fruitcakes. That's another one. Uh, I'm not sure if Jock's listening in this morning. I'm not sure which part of Scotland he's from, but if he's a Dunderhead or a Dundee fruitcake, uh, we apologize for any offense because to us, 
you will always remain a Dundonian. Yes, you will. Uh, also, uh, a lot of questions are being asked in the live chat this morning, not about geopolitical issues. No, something way more important than that. Natalie was initiated. Yes, went through her initiation ritual yesterday into ACDC, and I believe uh, she's a convert now. She's a convert. Is this true, Natalie? Can you confirm or deny these rumors flying around the yeah. live chat? Um, my, my favorite tracks were TNT and Back in Black, whether it's because uh, of the TNT radio and that we are always in black, I don't know. But yeah, they they they, they were my standout tracks. They were, uh, uh, Rick sent me a, a playlist. It was playing while I got ready to go out yesterday and I had a, a, a rock around my house. So yeah, thank you to Marley Bites for just suggesting it yesterday. Um, mm. we, we've, we've all enjoyed it. Um, it was great. Thanks. So, uh, yeah. yeah, a convert, an ACDC convert. And it also uh, adds another dimension to the the, the station uh, for which you uh, play your trade from, TNT Radio. Yes. Also, of course, linked in with ACDC. There's another track on the playlist that I think uh, could sum up parts of our show or so, some of the people that work with us, actually. It's called Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Uh, some would say <laughs> that would be another fitting title. But anyway, I digress. And of course, I'm only joking. Thunderstruck as well. Uh, Holly. Uh, throw in that one there too. Yeah, that's an absolute epic. S strange track that because they had went well past, I believe, their their best tracks. And then all of a sudden on the Razor's Edge, uh, Thunderstruck was spawned. And there was an incredible video for that actually that m was massive on MTV at the time. So yeah, that's one of their better recent tracks. But moving on from that, uh, oh yeah, uh, Molly says, brilliant Natalie, you have passed the tests and you're all, and now one of us, and Jones from Wales says, yes, Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap, beat me to it, Rick. Yeah, you know what time it is, Jones from Wales, you know what I'm talking about here. But anyway, let's let's move on, let's move on uh, to some news stories that are breaking here this morning. Natalie, I have a feeling we mentioned this guy last year. Now uh, he is uh, sentenced to jail in France, a Rwandan doctor. And we were talking about, strangely, we were talking about the Rwanda genocide Yesterday. earlier in the week. And who talks about that these days? No one except good old TNT. And of course, next day, would you Adam and Eva? Uh, the, it appears yep. in the mainstream media uh, talking about a man jailed for his part in the 1994 Tutsi genocide. What's the story with this one? Yeah, well, I'm also uh, thinking when I, I, I saw this come up, you know, what what is there in store for Rwanda? Because we're just, we're just seeing this country day in, day out now, aren't we, in the news? Would, would this story have even made uh, the British mainstream media if uh, Rwanda at the moment wasn't so big? Uh, uh, with all the new stories with the migrants um, and as we covered yesterday the new vaccine centre but yeah so this guy a, a doctor um, he's been jailed for 23 years in France for his role in the Tutsi genocide in the in the African country uh, basically from what it sounds like um, um, he he he's trying to cover his back but undoubtedly, um, he had a massive role um, in kind of pushing people forward um, and saying, you know, yeah, you, you, you were part of this and uh, part of essentially of their murder. Um, he said he's going to appeal, uh, but he uh, ran away to France 
and uh, uh, there, there's an accusation that France were uh, for a long time covering up um, a lot of people that were involved in this genocide. Uh, but now they say they are they are helping the authorities. And in this case, uh, this man has been uh, arrested and now actually uh, going to be jailed for a significant amount of time. He is 23 years and he's 60. Uh, he's currently 68 years of age. Uh, as you rightly say, he fled to uh, France, or at least he wouldn't have claimed he'd fled. He just moved to the France uh, back in the day. But a 23 year sentence, the year sentences uh, effectively will probably see him live out the rest of his life in prison here. It says he was a gynecologist in the city of Tumba. He moved to France months after the genocide. He denied any wrongdoing, uh, but uh, he's been accused of rounding up Tutsis. There was two ethnic groups, the Hutus and the Tutsis within Rwanda. So the Tutsis were the ones that were killing all the Hutus. And there was, like it said yesterday, around about 800,000 people killed in a very uh, short space of time, uh, which occurred back in April of 1984. And that's another scary thought, Natalie. Normally when you hear about these uh, mass eradications or uh, hundreds of thousands of people being killed, it's over a space of a year, two years, three years. This is just April 1994. That's it. Okay, this all happened within the space of one month. Nothing in March, nothing in May. 800,000 dead in April, I, just like I, that. I, Bang, that's how quickly it happened. I can't, it's almost for me, I, I can't even almost imagine it in my head. I mean, no wonder people should be uh, uh, jailed. I mean, what what would it, he, they say? Basically, he was rounding them up. You wonder mm -hmm. when they say round him up, was he putting guns to their head and li literally leading leading them identifying to slaughter? Identifying people, no, just I'm, identifying I'm, people. So there was militia groups uh, running around in the villages, and uh, they, they needed to know who you were. So they wanted to know what your uh, tribe was. So they would ask you questions, or maybe ask you to speak in a certain tribal dialect. Right. If you couldn't do that, you were killed. That was it. So what he would do is he wow. said, "Okay, where I live in Tumba, I know there's a family here. There's a family there there's a, this this particular part of the village is all uh, uh tutsis or hoodoos so there, there you go guys crack on so he may not have actually been involved in any physical killing or literally putting guns to heads but the information that he provided could literally have resulted in the deaths of thousands and thousands of people. So that's what he's uh, jailed up for. Rwanda has long accused France of enabling the genocide, but relations between the two countries have improved. And there's a very sobering book, actually, I read a long time ago called Shake Hands with the Devil. And the UN were fully aware of what was brewing. This had been brewing for months, not like, and the people on the ground were warning the Americans and the British, listen, if you don't move in big peacekeeping forces here now, there's going to be genocide on a biblical scale. Scale, and they were ignored. The guy's name was uh, General wow. Daliero. I wrote a book called Shake Hands with the Devil, where he tried to whistleblow about this, not even whistleblow, but warn. And his warnings were completely ignored by America, completely ignored by NATO. And then we had this uh, resultant bloodbath. And think about it, 800,000, what's that, 12 Wembley Stadium full of people um, or whatever it happens to be in the space of a few weeks, all butchered. And it could have been prevented by the so-called, you know, leaders of the West who bang on and on about peace and, you know, we need to restore unity and so on and so forth. They turn a blind eye when it suits them. Natalie, it's disgusting. Yeah, they, they turn a blind eye if there's no oil or there's no money to be made, basically. So uh, in this case, uh, oh, well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to cover that up. We won't put it in the mainstream media, but... Uh, 
Rwanda, at least at the moment, uh, uh, they, they want uh, it to be known. So I think there are more future plans. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, 2024, I think we're going to hear Rwanda a lot more oh, yeah. in in the news, 100%. That's away. what's coming. It's not, yeah. it's not going away anywhere. Uh, we've got to take a quick uh, break for uh, headlines. So when we come back, much more to talk about here before the top of the hour on TNT. Please stay tuned. Don't go away. Now, TNT Radio News. News Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Now, without further ado. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Hamas has released a video praising Australia, Canada and New Zealand for backing calls for a ceasefire in Gaza. The US is losing interest in Ukraine as its seemingly endless stream of cash dries up. And it's been revealed Chinese President Xi Jinping delivered a blunt message to Joe Biden during their meeting in California, warning Beijing will reunify Taiwan with the mainland and says Washington must mind its own business. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, uh, we're going to move from Rwanda. We like to do a little bit of globetrotting here on Open Line, try and keep things fresh and interesting because, listen, there's a whole world out there of stuff that's going on. And even just during that brief break, Natalie and I were talking about things that we were never taught about in school you know history is always written by the victors and so on and so forth but also history is you know curriculums are set and the government for example in the in britain doesn't want children to know that there were a million people butchered in 1994 and the british government could have potentially stopped that from happening but they didn't and that that resulted in the rwanda genocide why would they want to teach that at school so it's kept hush hush it's never talked about in the media talked about the second congolese war there as well if you want to get a real eye opener look at the figures for the second congolese war that's been ongoing in democratic republic of congo for the last 20 or 30 years millions millions of people killed and slaughtered and are still being killed and slaughtered to this day. Nobody even knows where DRC is, let alone about the first and second Congolese wars that are currently ongoing. It's mental. Uh, but anyway, Flavor uh, moving across to Switzerland for this one. Uh, this is quite an interesting one, Natalie. Switzerland mm. is considering legalizing cocaine. Uh, politicians have declared that the war on drugs has failed why has it taken them so long to declare that because obviously drugs are freely available if you want to get them uh, just about anywhere on earth let's be honest about it so any war on drugs could have been deemed to be a failure a long long time ago yeah well it says here switzerland has one of the highest levels of cocaine use in europe um uh, wealthy apparently uh, uh very easy to get hold of over there and they're saying uh the potential is that they uh, want to legalize it uh, so i don't know if jock's listening he i mean he, he likes to uh, uh often debate the legalization of, of, of drugs so this is for you if you're out there jock uh but uh yeah i'm i'm very mixed on this one as a as a problem uh cocaine was cocaine's my my, my as a former uh, drug addict it, 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 it it's my go-to drug um and uh uh, part of me thinks the legalization uh, of drugs is is a great idea. You take away the black market. Uh, it, you take away um, uh, the kind of risks involved uh, when you go to a drug dealer. You don't know what's been added. Uh, but I'm saying from a point of view of somebody uh, that did used to do a lot of cocaine, if I knew I could uh, read, readily available, like buy it in the shops, uh, would that increase my addiction? It probably would. Um, mm -hmm. If I if I could, mm -hmm. if I could pop to my local Aldi or Tesco, mm -hmm. oh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm just buying a ticket, a 0.4 bag. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I could just add that on top of what people buy, alcohol, cigarettes. Um, but at the same time, um, I guess it's whether it's legalization or decriminalization. And those two words are completely different. Legalization mm -hmm. obviously means you can go buy it in the shop. And, and maybe what they're looking here is more decriminalization, uh, which means you wouldn't necessarily be able to buy it over the counter, but you wouldn't necessarily be prosecuted uh, if you are in possession of it, which to me is probably more sensible. Uh, do I think that, that, that class A drugs should be just just available over the counter no i don't think that's a good idea uh do i think people should be prosecuted heavily for being in possession of them when they have got a terrible addiction no do i think they should be helped and there should be more uh uh you know procedures in place for you to be able to to uh you know recover and seek uh uh, any way that you can get out of that yes so uh it's interesting this switzerland idea uh but uh they said it is just an idea at the moment but they, they essentially what they're also saying is we fail we can't control it the uh the use of cocaine is is so so far reaching now uh that basically we almost need to legalize it because there's nothing we can do about it think about the money though uh that they'll be raking in from that especially if switzerland is the highest uh I'm sure it is per capita head of capita cocaine yeah. user place on earth. Uh, they must be looking at this also, sadly, to say from a financial point of view, to say, look, we're not winning this war, in their words, not mine. So therefore, let's just legalize it potentially and think of the revenue. You look at what they're making on cigarettes. Look at what the government's making on fuel. Imagine what they would make on drugs. And of course, oh. you make a very good point as well, Natalie, about uh, availability. If you are an addict and you can simply walk into the supermarket exactly. and pick up, uh, pick up a deal, then it, it might actually make things worse. But then again, uh, if they can off drug addicts, uh, it means that crime could potentially go down. They're not going to be robbing and stealing to, to fund the habit potentially or taking up valuable bed space uh, in their hospitals. And I'm, that's not my words. That's just the way of thinking for many governments these days. Uh, the population's looked at as a pain in the ass. Old people, people with uh, you know needs, disabilities are looked upon as a burden in society by a lot of government agencies rather than people that need to be helped. And of course, but let's not forget, if you are an addict, uh, you will find a way to get that cocaine one way or oh, the other by hook or yes. by crook same as an alcoholic you know it's it's terrible it just it's almost like a you're driven uh, that nothing will stand in your way until you actually get your fix so yeah take on board what you're saying it could end up resulting in a lot more people dying as a result of the easy easy availability also and 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 that's what I'm reading in the online chat. People are saying, you know, um, one thing uh, from George Orwell's 1984 is uh, a, a repeated theme is that they want to keep them uh, drunk and drugged up in order to demoralise society. Uh, so if this does come in, is that part of it? Um, as somebody um, who has suffered and and struggled very much in the past, if if you are uh, constantly drunk or you have uh, drug problems, you are you do have mental health problems. You are much more likely to comply because you can't even get your own head 
uh, thinking straight, let alone have the strength uh, to stand up against the government. So, uh, you know, whether this is a test, uh, we know uh, around the world we see things come into play. So uh, this is Switzerland and uh, they are starting to at least uh, explore the potential of uh, decriminalising or legalising cocaine. So uh, maybe we'll see what happens there. And if, and if it's a success, uh, and, and when I say the word success, um, that doesn't mean a success for us, but a success for the government possibly in terms of tax, then we could see it here too. You know, you just said something there about Orwell, about keep, keeping the population addicted to, you know, drink or drugs or whatnot. But if you yeah. think about, just as you're talking there, think about our society at the minute. Everyone uh, is pretty much addicted to something. So if it's not yeah. something that was, you know, when you think of addictions, people usually say, well, drink, drink, uh, alcoholism is an addiction, drug addiction or addicted to smoking cigarettes. What about uh, internet addiction? What about gambling uh, addiction? What about pornography addiction? All these things, not like were hard to access you know, before the internet. So, you know, take, for example, gambling. You had to go to the bookies, uh, make your way into town, go to a bookies, place a bet in the bookies on a paper, sit there maybe, watch the horse race on TV and then wait to find out if you'd won any money or not. Now, you can bet 24-7 on every sporting event all over the world just using your mobile phone and the internet. Pornography is another thing. Used to be you had to go into a dark, shady, uh, red light area of town and, you know, make your way into some rotty little shop to buy your pornography if that's yeah. what you did now again it's just available at the click of a button and it's kids are accessing it now too they're accessing all these things that were used to be the preserves of you know old dirty old men or you know people that were you know wrestling with this and that it seems to be everybody's sugar addiction caffeine addiction yeah. my goodness who isn't addicted I to something nowadays I would say um, the two biggest, um, which people wouldn't even be aware or, or, or complete denial about, is smartphone addiction and sugar addiction. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that, that I think I think majority of the Western population has a problem with both. And if you ask the average person, they would they would be what 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 are you talking about? What do you mean? Um, I think most people couldn't do a day without their smartphones and would struggle uh, without the. When I say sugar, I mean like kind of. Uh, kind of like the, the nasty carbs as well yeah. uh, not not just kind of sweets uh, but yeah most people are completely unaware that they need that fix every day uh, and without it they would suffer serious withdrawal symptoms yeah, just that's an interesting one. You know, throw that out there to the uh, the, the inhabitants of our live chat. You know, would you classify, be, be honest, would you classify honest, yourself yeah. as an addict? Uh, I am. I'm addicted to all that stuff that's very bad for me. I mean, uh, and I probably wouldn't have been an addict 20 or 30 years ago because the stuff that I'm addicted to now is so much more easily available and it's there 24-7 at the tip of my fingers. So there's a question. Let's be honest with each other here today. Are we a listener base of addicts? Are we a presenter base of addicts? Are we all just simply addicts as a result of the ease of access to the things which you actually uh, highlighted there about the cocaine in the supermarkets. Oh, well, you know, it won't make that much of a difference. Damn right it will. Look at the damage that's <laughs> being caused by smartphones and sugar. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if if I want to if I want to get a bag, I can get a bag tomorrow. I could I could come off the, I could come off the phone mm -hmm. and, and get one now. I mean, it is it, it, it is e easily available, but there is still a big difference because I've still got to pick up that phone and uh, phone a dealer. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. if I'm just in Tesco, if if I'm in Tesco and yeah. I go past a counter and think, oh, do you know <laughs> what? 
I'm having a I'm only in for a loaf. I'm only in for a loaf of bread and a pint of milk, but I think I'll help myself to some of the old uh, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have, powder I'll have as well. Free bag, I'll have free bags for 100, sod it, you know? Let's, yeah, you know what I mean? Get on my, so, I guess got off my face for the rest of the day. You know, it's, yeah. it, 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 if you're there, it, it's just too easy. So, um, you know, uh, as much as as much as I am um, um, someone that does advocate the decriminalisation of it, I don't think it should ever be readily available, um, especially if that was uh, for younger generations. I think you, you'd have a whole gen, you'd have a whole generation just like cigarettes and alcohol, uh, where it's normalised as well, and we don't want uh, class A drugs being completely no, normalized we do not absolutely not so uh interesting one that one coming in from switzerland we've got to take another ad break right now and when we come back uh, plenty more to discuss before the top of the hour here on tnt radio de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective a few weeks ago it was brutally cold across europe that colder air moved into the northern and central parts of siberia and it's now moving through china where they've had some of the coldest temperatures that they've ever recorded. Now, this cold air, when it comes out over the Pacific, is going to cause a very interesting phenomenon. We're going to see this big upper air low pressure system really get cranking around the Aleutians. When that happens, the whole weather pattern in North America, which has been very, very warm, is going to change. What will happen is you'll get a big upper air high pressure system that will develop in response to that over the western part of North America. And that will send the Arctic air down into North America, especially the central and eastern part of the United States for January. Now what's interesting is, this is known as the bathtub slosh theory, except that it doesn't really slosh. The theory is if it's cold on one side of the pole, a month to a month and a half later, it gets cold on the other side of the pole. But the way it accomplishes it is through a process where the cold air in Asia moves out over the water, and because the water is warm, causes the development of this big upper air storm, which in turn changes the weather pattern across North America. So we are not only the climate watchdog, but we're the weather watchdog. And while we've had a North American December exactly opposite of last year, well, guess what? Winter quit last year in January and February in North America. It looks like it's going to start coming out gangbusters this year, but not till after Christmas. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Be on the lookout and alert for anything out of the ordinary. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you for your cooperation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
you know, during those uh, ad breaks, we don't stop talking. We just don't shut up. Uh, we talk amongst ourselves. We were talking to Cam in the studio there. We were talking about caffeine addiction as well, which I believe somebody in the live chat also picked up on. Yes, caffeine addiction is a huge thing. It can act like a stimulant, almost giving you a cocaine-like or speed-esque buzz. Maybe that's what a lot of people are substituting for hard drugs is, you know, 10 or 15 Americanos yeah. a day. I don't know. We're also talking about Andre the Giant. That's how random things get during our uh, news breaks or ad breaks as well. He was such a big guy. I seen a story yesterday. Hulk Hogan was saying that they went out drinking one night together and he downed 108 tins of beer in 45 minutes. I kid you not. And he still wasn't even drunk because he was so damn big. So mind-blowing stuff, isn't it? Can I just say, I'm sure it's not true. I read a random story about Andre the Giant that they had to turn back a plane because he went to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And his, and his poo was so big or something, it, it clogged up. It or clogged it, could up. Been because, it could have been because he couldn't actually he couldn't actually fit into those little small cubicles, so he had to do his business on the aisle. Maybe that's why they turned it back. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but let's look it up afterwards. Andre the Giant and the plane story. But I've heard yeah. something about it. Could be true. It could be true. Uh, so, yeah, moving on from a total random stream of consciousness here. Uh, let's look at uh, Pakistan. We're hopping around rightly this morning from Rwanda to Switzerland, up in the sky with Andre the Giant, and then back down to Earth again with uh, Pakistan. So, apparently, Pakistan is using artificial uh, rain to battle smog for the first time. Planes equipped with cloud seeding equipment. There you go. Cloud seeding. You know, chemtrails, it's actually being introduced into people's consciousness now. Uh, this is Sky News too, which is quite bizarre. Uh, flew over areas of Lahore last Saturday to increase precipitation. So am I reading this right? Are they telling me that planes have been sent up into the atmosphere to spray things that will change the weather? Am I reading that right? Or am I? Uh, have I still got my tinfoil hat that's on? That's why I had to send this uh, article across. It might it's on uh, Sky News. It might have been from Monday, and I read it. I thought we have to cover this. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're admitting here to geoengineering. They are saying they've sent basically planes out to to put fake uh, rain uh, uh, to to combat pollution and climate change and and they're saying it's possible and they're admitting it. So my question would be if they're doing it in Pakistan. Are they doing it in other places without telling us? Is, is, is it possible that this is that this is happening everywhere? Um, you know, you know, not be funny. Here, here in Reading, this winter has been awful. It's not been that cold, but it's rain, 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 rain every day. If they don't want to demoralise the population, is it possible just to keep sending planes out with more rain? Who knows? No they said they're doing uh, it in Pakistan. I've no doubt, and I'll tell you, you know, I'll be honest with you, long time ago before I uh, got into all the stuff that we talk about, and I used to hear people talking about chemtrails and they're spraying us and all this, and I honestly inside thought, you are an absolute fruitcake. Yeah. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? Now, effectively, this is being put out there in, a, in mainstream media. And yeah. in Ireland, for the last two summers, uh, normally we, we live to get a couple of weeks of sunshine during the summertime. It's what keeps Irish people going because it is naturally overcast, 
cloudy, windy, rainy and quite dull for most of the year in Ireland. The last two summers have been absolutely horrendous. This year we got about a week of good weather in June. The remainder of June, July, August and September were completely grey, overcast and cloudy and wet. Then we got a little bit of a break in October time. The last summer was exactly the same, Natalie. From June to September, I think I could have counted on the fingers of one hand. Blue sky days between June and September last year in Ireland. Thoroughly depressing, thoroughly miserable. And yes, uh, the weather does affect people's moods as well, especially when we need a little bit of a lift it, in the summertime. It really summertime. does. I think the, th the thing that kind of woke me up, like you, um, uh, the weather one was one of those like, oh, don't let me say ridiculous. You can't, you can't change the weather. What are you talking about? But for me, living in this flat... Um, uh, being locked down um, in that first, you know, uh, uh, April, uh, May, June, July, the heat wave of that first lockdown. It was over forty degrees in this flat. Um, it is. It was absolutely the worst uh, months of my life, um, and uh, it was weird because uh, since I've been in there, I've been in this flat. I think it's about six years never have I experienced such heat like we did in the first lockdown. And it just cannot be a coincidence. You're telling me mm. that this one-time event, uh, but they couldn't, of course, have any planes, Rick, at that point. They, mm -hmm. they, 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 were, they, they weren't allowed to be flying. And so is it a coincidence that the very, very hottest time that I have ever experienced in my lifetime, because before that I wasn't born in 1977, um, was the lockdown when no planes were allowed to be essentially, you know, putting rain out there, um, uh, engineering it. So for me, that I will still question, how did it possibly have that type of heat wave coincidentally that came in exactly with the first lockdown when they wanted people to stay at home and no planes were flying as well? So, you know, that's just something to question and, and think about yourself as well. And the terms, again, there's there's things that people are referring to now. They're in their dictionaries and their vocabularies that they weren't there a few years ago. Now, in this article in particular, it talks about cloud seeding and the word geoengineering will come in. They'll never say it's chemtrails. They'll never call it what it is, but they will say it's geoengineering, possibly, or cloud seeding, uh, not chemtrails. But, of course, we know it's uh, one and the same. And there are contrails, too, by the way. Not every streak in the sky is uh, toxins being spread by them, no. whoever they are. But definitely uh, there are a lot of uh, dubious, dubious activities going on above our heads. And whilst there are, of course, natural contrails, which is just, you know, uh, condensation that dissipates very quickly, you can tell these chemtrails because they linger and linger and linger. Then they spread out and spread out. And then the next day, as sure as damn it, you will see no blue sky whatsoever. And don't forget, they could still be spraying on top of the spray. You just can't see it anymore because your skies are blacked out as well. It's the perfect, uh, perfect smoke screen, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and, and how, how realistically, I mean, can you argue uh, with the with the weather? Uh, it's always been one of the things that you accept, isn't it? Like, it, mm. like oh, it's a rainy day or, or, or it's sunny. Mm. You know, we, we were able to sit here and argue about uh, COVID and its lack of symptoms. But it's very hard to argue that they're engineering the weather because how, how mm. do you argue? Well, it's raining today and it's not supposed to be raining. How, how do you get your evidence for that, Rick? I know, and as old uh, Joe Bastardi has been saying every day just before uh, we come back after our news break, he says, enjoy your weather. 
it's the only weather you've got. We're like, what are we going to do about this? Uh, if we don't like what they're doing, if we don't like the fact that we're being spread, what are we going? What what could we do? <laughs> can we go and uh, stop these planes from taking it? off? How do we prove it? How do we prove it? It's it's very frustrating, I think, because a lot of the times when you do become uh, uh, in tune with what is actually going on, you also realise. Let's be honest, we're complete. You and I are completely powerless to do anything about this. And even if we convince a hundred thousand people today uh, that we're right about this issue we should be seriously concerned how are we going to stop these planes from taking off how are we going to analyze what's being spread above our heads how are we going to stop it can you imagine a protest suddenly in london stop our rain stop our rain stop the rain stop the rain imagine that one they would have a field day with that one although having said that not being defeatist here, but there is, I think it's a, a classic case is the more I'm getting into all this and the more I'm realizing about what's going on, the more I understand the importance of taking control over the things that you have control over, right? That's so a, that's they, you cannot stop, you cannot stop the skies being spread. But for example, you can limit your amount of processed sugar. You can't refuse to take mRNA jabs. You can't choose to filter your water. You can't choose, you can choose to, to use, use cash. cash. Yes, perfect. You took the words out of my mouth. So look at all the yes. things that we can control, people. And let's yes. focus on doing more of that. And yes, it's good to be enlightened. And yes, it's good to know what's being done in the skies and in the Middle East and you know with the FBI and the CIA. It's good to know that stuff. But let's be honest about it. We have no control over that. And most of it is in the past anyway. We can't go back and undo it. But let's take more control over the things that we can do. Yes. Because that's maybe what they're trying to distract us from doing, getting and so tired tied up in knots over chemtrails that we forget, for example, to filter our water or, or use cash. Or the, the other big example is flat earth. You've got people still mm -hmm. arguing to mm -hmm. this day oh, yeah. madly about whether the earth is flat or not. Um, and to me, uh, part of that is a massive distraction to stop you act, to actually actively making a difference in day-to-day -day life. Whilst you're arguing about flat earth, maybe you're not going to be using cash or, or you know, standing up to actually something that's happening in the in the here and the now i'm just laughing here there used to be uh, i'm not sure if you were on at the time but we used to have a guy used to come into the live chat every day he was called flat earth weed and all he did was bang on and on about flat earth tried to convince everyone the earth was flat and put <laughs> links to these youtube youtube videos to get really upset about the flat earth and listen i'm not knocking it if you if that's what you believe if you believe the world is shaped sure. like a yeah. triangle if you believe it's an ice cream cone and we're actually floating on a giant marshmallow in a huge bowl of cappuccino somewhere that someone's going to put uh, chocolate like sprinkles idea. on. Yeah, that's cool. That's what you believe. But again, it doesn't change the money in your pocket. It doesn't change, uh, you know, the fact that you can uh, exercise more, take control of your mental health. I'm saying, I'm just saying, respect everyone's opinions, whether you agree with them or not, but let's focus on the things that we can do stuff about rather than getting tied up in knots and arguing incessantly about stuff that we have no control over. You know, it's just a real waste yeah. of time, isn't it? Absolutely. And and I'm being aware that that is part of the agenda, uh, uh, divide and conquer, being divisive. <laughs> polarizing opinions while while we're arguing we're not actually looking at what the government are doing in the here and now so just just be aware of that uh when you're having these arguments um i've certainly uh taken a step back from that because i'm i'm naturally quite an argumentative person i like a good debate mm. uh but i'm i i, I now try to uh, uh yeah 
question myself as well is is it really necessary and uh, uh, what am i actually getting out of that uh, you know is it uh, is yeah. it in the benefit an advantage of people for me to constantly uh, be in people's faces and uh, and again, uh, we're not saying we're not saying don't don't be aware of it, don't uh, get no. knowledge of it, don't be make yourself uh, educate yourself. Always to this research, stuff, but keep it in the perspective. Uh, some great uh, live chat. Uh, I just want to give a shout out here. Great live chat uh, contributions here at the minute. Uh, chemtrails expand and hang about. Contrails evaporate and disappear, says Stunt Monkey. Yes, I agree with that 100%. Plenty about geoengineering on the UK government website, actually. And there's a link through from just a bloke who asked questions. So actually, there's an interesting one, Natalie. He's put a link through to gov.uk, government mm. publications on geoengineering engineering so even the british so government have a page on that uh, on their website uh, chemtrails keep the heat in at night a clear sky means a cooler night well you know in the winter time i suppose we should be thanking them for spraying us from on high uh, other people uh, mentioning don't mention flat earth we, <laughs> he will come back he was a bot yeah please please lord don't let flat earth we come back in jesus name amen so that's just good way to end the, the show is on a prayer don't let him come back please please don't let him come back but anyway uh what a blast it's been natalie thank you so much yep. for all the uh, input as always we'll uh round, finish the year on a bang no doubt not a big bang but a bang uh tomorrow uh pre-christmas yep. show i'll be back after the news with uh Basil Valentine, Ryan Dawson, and of course, Gemma Cooper. So please stay tuned for Locked and Loaded TNT Radio.